Hello and welcome uh, to the first episode of Something Different. Uh, we're doing all politics today. So no gaming. You won't see any gameplay while we're doing this. In fact, I think we're going to put it... We're, we're talking about putting it on a different channel. If you're watching this on another channel, you'll know it's on a different channel. Welcome. <laughs> In fact, uh, if this is on a different channel, go subscribe to our other channel, which is Don't Call Me Pretentious on YouTube. Uh, we play video games and talk about nonsense a lot of times. but. Other than that, uh, again, this is all politics focused, and today we're going to talk about Brett Kavanaugh. So let me just get our bearings here. Yep. Thirty-six years ago, uh, it was a dark and stormy night. No, thirty-six <laughs> years ago, uh, right. uh, 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 Miss Mrs. Ford. Yep. Was well, she was Blasey at the time? Miss Ford Blasey at the time. Yeah. Sorry, she was she's she claims that she was sexually assaulted uh by by brett kavanaugh right and uh that she's gone to therapy for it that there's uh, uh she's been to medical doctors about it right and the a considerable portion of a decade ago um uh she uh the first medical records with his name show up where during her uh, testimony, uh, and during couples counseling, yeah, yes, and well, to be fair, uh, his name did not come up then. But well, but I've heard that there. I've heard that there is an account that the um, the medical professional does in fact recall the name Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, possibly, but not in her original twenty twelve. In any event, uh. And then whenever she found out that Brett Kavanaugh was on the short list of uh, President Trump's uh, list of potential nominees right. um, for Supreme Court, uh, she contacted via letter Diane Feinstein. Well, she yeah. So she originally contacted her representative. Ah. So she, she did twofold, two things in July. Uh, July 6th. She read that there was a short list of Supreme Court nominees going around and that Brett Kavanaugh was on it. So on July 6th, she recognized that you know Brett Kavanaugh was one of those people. And so on that day, she sent a, um, a confidential tip to the Washington Post, confidential tip line or whatever. I think it's through like WhatsApp or something like that. Uh, and she also called her representative. She's in California. I think it's uh, a shoe or something like that. Mm -hmm. She called her office and left an anonymous. Um, what's the word for it? I guess a tip, but yeah. left an, an anonymous message with her representative's um, um, assistant, whoever answered yeah. the phone, yeah. uh, saying that, hey, someone on Trump's presidential nominee list, mm -hmm. his short list, sexual assault to me in high school, yeah. Brett Kavanaugh. And, uh, and then it was when it was on, then, so then Trump announced his nomination on July 9th, mm -hmm. and that's when her representative got back to her and said, hey, I want to talk to you more about this thing. And then over the next week or two weeks, they talked about it. She met with them. And then they wrote a letter to Diane Feinstein. 
Okay, so then... And I think that was July 20th. So then Brett Kavanaugh's initial hearing goes forward, and it's pretty normal. It's a pretty normal Supreme Court nomination hearing. Uh, and at, uh, late into that, right. uh, di- by some method or another that we'll talk about, the, right. the, the, inform- the information that it was uh, Dr. Ford uh, was, was, was made public, and then they, she was granted a hearing, and then she gave the hearing, and uh, she seemed very credible. Uh, every, m- most of the senators that I've heard from uh, agree. Right. Uh, Trump even said that she was credible. And mm. then, and the, well, I mean, he did say it. He said she seems credible. <laughs> Before he mocked her. I know, I know, weekend. I know. So uh, then, then we hear from Kavanaugh again, and it got a bit weird, yeah. which we'll talk about. Got quite weird. Got, got a bit weird. Yep. And then, uh, and now here we are. Uh, who do we believe? So that's that's the gist of what we're talking about. That's the gist the, of it. Okay. Well, and and just as a secondary too, the outcome of those hearings Thursday um, was Jeff Flake, right, of Arizona. He voted to um, pass Kavanaugh out of the Judiciary Committee. Uh, however, he asked that there was an FBI investigation opened up. Right. A one-week FBI investigation. A gentleman's agreement, which was upheld technically. Technically. Yes. We can also talk we about that. We can also that. talk about that. So, but, yeah. so currently, as we speak, we're recording this on Wednesday, October 3rd. They are in the middle of that FBI investigation. So let's get some nonsense out of the way. Okay. Okay. Presumption of innocence. We're yep. hearing that. We're hearing that a lot. We're hearing a we lot from hearing Lindsey Graham. Yes. We're hearing it a lot from Trump. Hashtag right. protect our boys. Right. <laughs> yep. So, so we we're in agreement that a uh, a Senate hearing is not a court of law. Right. Right. So the presumption of innocence isn't really applicable here. Right. And because he's not going to go to jail for he's this. Not gonna go to jail. He's not going to go to jail for this. Uh, Interestingly enough, in this case, he's not even going to lose his job. Right. And so everyone is quick to point out that this is a he said, she said situation, right? So, so we say, how do we, right. how do we believe her and not With him? With what we have now. Just be, and is, is it just who seems more credible? Is that, is that how we're going to base this, right? right. So what, well, that's the idea of the investigation is to go past that. Yeah, yes. yeah. So I think I would say that the answer to that kind of uh, uh, pseudo-intellectual argument is that uh, it's it's at at the very least during a federal uh, uh, appointment hearing, um, allegations of sexual assault should be investigated, right? So it's not a he said she said we believe whoever says it better. It's a he said she said let's get the FBI on it and right. then see what the evidence says, right? Because a five minute conversation or five minute uh, how how long was each? So the yeah. Uh... The way the format was, there's um, uh, 21 senators on the Judiciary Committee, 11 Republicans and 10 Democrats, and each gets five minutes to ask questions. Right, right. And then just one from her, one from him, and no one else involved, right? Even though the Senate has subpoena power, so they could have heard from more people. Right. They chose not to. Chose not to. Chuck Grassley chose not to. So this is not a question of he said, she said. It's a question of he said, she said, so let's find out who's lying. Well, 
it's not even just a question of that because you know and and kavanaugh brought this up a lot during the hearing and to a certain extent he's right um the fbi is going to do an investigation they're doing the investigation now however that investigation isn't really going to draw any conclusions even if it was a good perfectly executed investigation Mm -hmm. it's not a criminal matter so the fbi doesn't draw conclusions when they do investigations when they're not criminal matters so so this is a criminal matter but it's not a federal crime so the fbi can't investigate it as if it's a criminal matter so all they can do is they can open up an inquiry ah like a background check which means they can look at evidence but they can interview people they can ask questions under oath obviously uh but then at the end of the day they're just going to write a report which basically just says we interviewed this person this is what they said we interviewed this person this is what they said we looked at this evidence and this is what we found and honestly they're not at the end they're not going to say we find this person to be prosecutable or anything like that yeah and honestly i say that just an investigation i say fbi but honestly if they had just brought uh anyone else involved in in the story to the Senate, right? If they had subpoenaed them, told them to show up, right? Then this it wouldn't even be an issue about whether the FBI, FBI writes reports or comes to conclusions, right? It, it, it's all yeah. at, any so. Thirty six years ago, right? She she years. she waited thirty six years to make to to come forward, right? Right. So, is there what's the data on people coming forward? after sexual assault well so most of the data indicates so most of the data indicates that up to two-thirds of sexual assaults go unreported forever Mm -hmm. and a big part of that is because people tend not to be believed there's a lot of repercussions especially when you talk about sexual assault in terms of power dynamics in terms of it's a family member right you don't want to bring up a sexual assault accusation against a family member maybe because it destroys the family you won't want to bring up a sexual assault allegation against a boss because it could jeopardize your job. So, and then that's on top of the fact that just people don't believe me and people call me a slut and stuff like that and try to find ways to blame me mm-hmm. for, for doing it, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have, I, I have people in my life uh, who have undergone that kind of thing and not come forward. Right. Uh, and, and that's anecdotal, I know. Right. But it, it, uh... and, and by Blasey Ford's testimony... She didn't really plan to ever come forward and make this public. Right. Even when she first came forward in July, right, on July 6th, she did it anonymously because she didn't want to go through that. She knew it was going to be bad for her, and she didn't want to go through that. So the whole point of her coming forward before he was even nominated was she wanted to get it out there to the Senate and to the president to say, Hey, this guy sexually assaulted me. Maybe pick somebody else. Yeah, and then they didn't. Now, now, and 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 everybody is very eager. Everybody, I'm right. sorry. The right is very eager to to ascribe this to greed. There, there's there's claims that yeah. she's trying to make money doing right. this. Uh, so first off, I don't know what the the she's from California or she teaches in California. You know what was the college? You know. Uh, so she teaches at Palo Alto University. She also does some teaching at Stanford. Okay, so I, want... I mean, obviously, she's originally from uh, Delaware and Maryland, right? So, but she, she but happened. she's in academia in California. 
I don't know. Psychology. I don't. I don't know what the going rate is for that. What the salaries look like. But (laughs) I'm good. I'm suspecting that five hundred thousand dollars isn't going to help her out. I don't think. So so you. Uh, So if you if if you if you if you really think that this is about money or that the Democrats are putting a lot of pressure on her to make her say things that she doesn't believe, just ask yourself: If you were raped or sexually assaulted, right? What would it take? For you to show up on national television, calling them out when you had no way to prove your, prove it was the case. Yeah. If 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 you knew that it was going to be a he said she said argument, right. and that he had friends on the committee that you would be speaking for, what would it take for you to lie about it? Would five that hundred thousand really be enough? Yeah. And so she talks about, it, and actually we have video here, but she talks about the reason she came forward was really a sense of. Uh, civic duty yeah right that she was like hey this guy did this thing and he probably doesn't deserve to be on the supreme court so i so i i I don't want this to seem too pedantic but it's a point that i find interesting that i don't see a lot of people making and i think it should hit home uh especially to uh to 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 christian conservatives (laughs) well and and it's and it is it is i know hold your breath it is the argument of king solomon right so no no so king yeah, solomon's story yeah. two two women come before king solomon and say hey this is my baby she says nah it's my baby and king solomon decides to say okay well i'll cut him in half and you can each have half and then you win right mm-hmm. but the but the the mother the true the real mother says no 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 i'd rather sacrifice you know, being with my child so that he can survive, yeah. right? So the wisdom of King Solomon in that, in that parable is that uh, in a situation, he said, she said, it, the, your best option is, is to be willing to sacrifice in order, in the name of the truth, right? For the right. truth, right? Yeah. So that, that, that is her sacrifice. Her sacrifice is that this is going to be how she is remembered forever, yeah. right? Uh, well, and on top of that, she's already she. So, so let's let's let her explain. Anita, it in her well, words. I mean, Anita Hill's proof. I mean, Anita Hill well, will be yeah. remembered forever for this. <laughs> this woman yes. is going to be remembered forever, even for though this. she's also a college professor. <laughs> yes, yes, that's yes. the thing everybody. Remember. So, so let's. I, I do want to talk about this more, but I want to show the video of Bozzy Ford talking about it herself and talking about why she decided to come forward and what precipitated that, and basically what she put on the line for that. All right, let her rip. When when we spoke, and it became very clear how deeply you felt about this and the need that you wanted to remain confidential, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So I was watching carefully throughout the summer. Well, my original intent, I just want to remind, was to communicate with everyone when there was still a list of candidates who all seemed to be, just from my perspective, from what I could read, equally qualified. And I was in a hurry to try to get the information forward, but didn't quite know how to do that. However, once he was selected and it seemed like he was popular and that it was a sure vote, I was calculating daily the, the risk benefit for me of coming forward and wondering whether I would just be jumping in front of a train that was headed to where it was headed anyway, and that I would just be personally annihilated. 
So I find that really interesting because she talks about very clearly that, hey, I, I did not come forward in order to gain any notoriety from this. I came forward anonymously and I wanted this to be anonymous, right? And I came forward before he was even selected so that I could avoid having to do this in public, right? Mm-hmm. And the only reason, you know, she talks, and she talks about it several other times throughout the testimony about how, you know, since this has happened, and you know, I think she talks about it later when she's talking to Feinstein there, since this has happened, it, it was even worse than she thought. She talks about how she's had to leave her house, like, because she's gotten death threats, people showing up at her house. She moved, she was staying with her parents. Then her parents' information address got leaked on the internet, and people started showing up at her parents' house. So now her parents have had to move out. And in fact, she and her husband are now staying in two separate locations, and they only meet a few times a week with security guards. So, so this is this is ex- this is exactly right, and this is exactly my point. And I just want to reiterate because I think it's really important because I don't think people are doing it enough. Ask yourself what it would take for you to put yourself through that. Would you do it for political gain? Would you do it for money? Yeah. Because I, I, I know I wouldn't, and I, no one I've ever asked that. Has, every time I ask someone that, they say, no, I, I, wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, people have talked about how, you know, she's doing it because she's actually a liberal, and then she wants to attack Kavanaugh for whatever reason, even though there's really no, not much evidence to that. People have talked about how, She's doing it just to smear this guy for some personal vendetta or something like that. And, and she makes it very clear throughout that she really did not want to corrupt. She avoided coming forward with it. And she talks about how the only reason she eventually came public with her name, uh, before her letter even got leaked, she talked about how what eventually started happening was uh, reporters somehow got figured out that it was her. And they started showing up at her house. It was like one day I was there and like a Washington Post reporter was outside my window. And then some of her colleagues, some of the other professors from Stanford were calling her and saying, hey, New York Times has left voicemails for me asking if I know you and know anything about the situation. And so she was like, at that point, I knew it was only a matter of time before the press was going to publish my name anyway. So that's when she went to the Washington Post. But and that was in September. So all the way from July 6th, when she first, you know, made this known, left the tip with the Washington Post and her representative, all the way up through September, mid-September, she was still trying to do this anonymously. So, so let's move forward to uh, uh, Senator Feinstein. And for a quick caveat, yep. during, the, during that, the video we just watched, yep. uh, Feinstein's outfit was fire. It was so was good. <laughs> I, I, I really wish that uh, Hillary would take some tips from her. It looked great. Okay. I'll just, just put that out there. But on Diane Feinstein, I keep hearing, why did she wait so long and then leak it to the public against her will? Right. And, and so there was a lot of even liberals asking that. Why did you wait so long? Why did you not bring this out earlier? And essentially what she talks about in, um, in that testimony in the hearing was that because she was asked to, because Blasey Ford asked her to keep it confidential. Blasey Ford, again, she came forward before he was even nominated to try to get them to nominate someone else. And she, even when she came forward and told Feinstein about it in late July, after he'd already been nominated, her goal was never to go public with it because she knew the backlash she was going to get, and she did get. Her goal was to say, hey, 
maybe don't vote for him, right? That I think she was hoping that, and I think this is where she made the mistake, that the senators would care, right? I, I think, obviously, Democrats do, but Republicans didn't care. I think that was the mistake she made. I think she was hoping if I come forward anonymously and it's credible, then they will kill this and they will talk to him privately and he will withdraw and then we never have to deal with this. They'll yeah. nominate somebody yeah. else. If that chance. Yeah. Right? But obviously that didn't happen. Right. Uh, and then she was hoping that they could ask somebody else, right? Or maybe there were some other allegations that would come forward, which yeah. of course now there have been. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, she was asking for it to be kept confidential because she was trying to avoid her name being in the public and being associated yeah, with Yeah, dramatically changing her life forever. Yes. And then until eventually she couldn't. And she talked about yep. it. Eventually it was, a, it was a chance of civic duty. And she got to the point when she came public, she said, you know, I just couldn't not do this. Dr. Ford, friend of the people, <laughs> hero, hero of, of the, the Republic. Republic. I like it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll see. So I, I, this, this might be contentious, okay. but, I, uh, but people, I keep finding myself in this argument, and uh, I'd like to put it to bed. And that is, should we ruin this man's life over these allegations? Blah, blah, blah. Now, yeah. everybody's quick on the left to point out, oh, it's not ruining your life to not be nominated to Supreme Court. Now, right. that's a bit of a straw man argument because, honestly, it is, it is going to ruin someone's life to, on national television, get caught being a sexual predator. So it is ruining his life, but my argument, my, my only thing I have to say to that is, I think we should ruin the lives of sexual predators. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously the concern is if he didn't do it, right? If he's guilty, then I don't. But give Jesus, one damn if, about if, 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 if there life. was a national conversation about whether I sexually assaulted someone, right? I would be very eager to to dissuade them of that notion. I would be very eager for, for yes for yeah for for an investigation, right? Right, and right. so I think that was the big thing here, and you know. Here's a question. I just, I just I can't get out of my head. And this is going to yeah. seem a bit sinister, but why wouldn't he just say that they had sex? Why wouldn't he? I mean, I, I, I really think this would have, they would have, the Republicans could have won this argument if, they, if he had just said, lied and said, oh, yeah, we totally had sex. And I thought it was consensual. She said it was fine. There's no text messages back then to, to, to prove otherwise. Why wouldn't he just say, oh, yeah, it's sexual? Then it really is. They both agree there was a sexual encounter. She says it was consensual. He says it wasn't. But they, they, they've oh, cornered right. themselves. Yeah, sorry. They've cor- but they've cornered themselves into him saying, oh, I don't even know this woman. And he's, she's like, nah, nah, he's, he's been all up, all up on me. So, well, you know what's interesting about that? I, I honestly never considered it that far. I mean, my point to this whole thing, because a lot of this has delved, has, you know, ended up being discussion about his drinking habits as when he was in high school and college, his yearbook, stuff like that. And people rightly point out that, hey, just because you drink in college or whatever, just because you drink in high school doesn't mean that you sexually assault people. Real quick, what was it that was in his yearbook that was so controversial again? Is uh, there's it, lots of things we'll talk about. There's always a big one. What's a, what's a really nasty one that's in there? I mean, the Renata. Lummis. The Renata thing, right? Yeah. Right. So, but it's pretty clear what they're talking about in it. Yeah, yeah. He denied. So here's so this gets my point. So if you want to talk about, I'd honestly never considered if he just came out and said, "Oh yeah, we had sex," but I think he he could have denied that. Oh, I, I ever had sex with her because there's not a lot of evidence to corroborate. 
so far that they knew each other because even by her own testimony they only really she only knew him tangentially and this is the only time that they ever really had an interaction so he mu- he he, mu- he must have just really been been betting on that no one would believe her yeah that's all well, i mean just it, that just but must the, be or, but but the worst thing is is he he doubled down not just on yeah i i drank and i partied and I did stuff like this but i didn't sexually assault her he he has gone all the way to the other end of like no i drank but like i didn't party I never had sex. I was a virgin until I was 28 and this and that. And like, you know, hey, when I wrote Renata alumnus in my yearbook, it didn't actually mean this thing. When I talked about Devil's Triangle or the 100 Keg Club or or when I gave a speech saying that uh, talking about blacking out, I never actually meant that. That was all made up. Like he went totally in the other direction in terms of like, He's denying that he ever even really partied. Yeah. And it, and there's it's it's so weird because there's so much evidence that that's not the case. Oh yeah. No, speaking as someone who ha- who has lived in frat culture for yeah. half a decade, I can tell you that that uh A, that's not what those 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 colloquialisms mean like devil's triangle. And yeah. uh what was what was the other one, the big one? Um Ralphing, yeah. boofing, boofing, all that, all that. Actually, the frat next, actually, to, the frat next door to us actually like killed a guy from boofing. Like I, I know what it is, and he's lying. Well, okay, and and hey, so hey, there's hey, two hey. different definitions for boofing. So it depends. On, I doubt you could die from the definition that most people think. Wh- which, it which to. is so there's the boofing, which is the modern one, which is probably what you're talking about. Yeah, just stuffing drugs in someone's butt. Yeah. Uh. So, but back then. It was traditionally known to be short for boofoo or butt fucking. Ooh, ooh. And in fact, his some of his classmates have been like, "Oh yeah, that's what we meant when we said boofoo." Oh, well, fair friend. enough, fair enough. That's my. So I, if, if your friend died from butt fucking, but hey, like, speaking as someone who's who's been who's, who's lived in a in a frat house, uh, I'm here to tell you uh, take a lesson from Al Franken. Uh, cameras did exist, and his claims about virginity might be easily. Uh, yeah. Uh, proven to be false. Yeah. So, and in fact, let's get into this. I want to talk about the yearbook thing right now because, okay, so let's actually, let's just rewind just a little bit and cover the basis. The idea, because the original question was about ruining someone's life. Yeah. Right. A, if he did it, I don't care about ruining his life. I, I would like to ruin his life in that case. <laughs> yes. It's ill-gotten gain. The <laughs> issue is if he didn't do it, if he didn't do it, if it comes out that he didn't do it, we do this FBI investigation. You're never going to prove that he didn't do it because you can't prove a negative. Right. Right. I mean, right. you could theoretically, if you found some kind of picture of him in, you know, Texas on that, in that time frame or something like that, right? If Boofing you come out, someone. Yeah. Which right. is, which is completely plausible, especially since he was apparently a blind drunk. Yeah. Well, so, so like, okay, there's theoretically some ways that it could be proven, but if there were those ways, he would have done it already. Instead of actually presenting evidence that actually maybe is more incriminating than he wanted it to be. But nonetheless, uh, but most likely you're never going to prove that he didn't do it. So all we're going to do is we're going to go, ironically, with the presumption of innocence, which is there's not really enough evidence to say either way. And so we're just going to dismiss it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And and, and we'll get into the discussion later about I think just Republicans don't care. But. In terms of you and I having this discussion, because we do care and we do take this seriously, then it gets to what you have right now is an issue of credibility. Yes. Right? And, and, and it's funny because Republicans kept talking about, like, 
oh, you know, this is just a he said, he said, she said situation. It's like, but you made it a he said situation. Yes, yes. You created a hearing with only two people there. And let's... And didn't invite anyone else. And it's literally just he said and she said. Something to keep in mind if you're, if you're making this he said, she said argument about why we... Uh, uh, this presumption of innocence uh, argument. If, if Monica Lewinsky hadn't had that dress, we would have been in the precise situation we are now. Yeah, right. Well, we, she, fact, would have, she would have been slandered as a liar and pressure from the from the Republicans, well, right? Like that's what it would have been. And here's the thing. Here's the interesting thing about Monica Lewinsky or about Bill Clinton, rather. Um, you know, Bill Clinton has a lot of other allegations on him besides oh, yeah. just the Monica the flowers Lewinsky. woman. Yeah, yeah, a, a lot of a lot of rape allegations, even when he was running. And people have brought that up and saying like, "Oh, well, did you care about Bill Clinton stuff like that?" And and there's a couple of things I like to talk about that. A, I care. I yeah, I care. Here's the thing: I was in fucking pull-ups when Bill Clinton ran for president. I was five goddamn years old mm-hmm. when Bill Clinton ran for president. I was not in a place to make a decision on Bill Clinton and his trustworthiness or his ability to run for office in 1992. Right. So, quit talking to me about Bill Clinton. So, a, b, if Bill Clinton were to run again today, Ooh. with the allegations that he has. There is no, I, I'm almost positive, there is no chance, he would have no chance in a Democratic primary today. With the allegations that were against him in 1992, or even the things that we know about the Lewinsky thing, because the Monica Lewinsky thing, she, even she says it's consensual. Yeah. It was totally consensual. However, even today, liberals would understandably, would, I think rightfully, talk about the fact whether or not it was consensual. You were a 19-year-old intern for the president of the United States. Yeah. It, it might be consensual, but the power dynamics there make it totally inappropriate. Not to mention, you were doing it in the Oval Office. How would you have felt Horribly about it? Horribly how, how would you have felt about it if it had been a 19-year-old in general with the president of the United States? What, what do you mean? I don't know. There's a power dynamic in any situation because a private... Oh, you mean that didn't work for Yeah. Him. I mean, that's one of those situations where I go... None of my well, bi- the I, president's going to have a power dynamic with anyone, but yeah. uh, but if it if they don't work for him, I mean, what can you do? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like it's their deal, and, and and I'm not a sexual prude. I probably I believe that they probably Bill and Hillary have an open relationship. <laughs> that would be my guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's their thing. I don't care. Right. Where it crossed the line with Monica Lewinsky is that she was an intern. She was working for him. And they did it in the White House. Again, that's totally yeah, inappropriate. inappropriate. And, and, then, and then, like I said, then you have the actual rape allegations against him, of which there's a good amount of evidence that if he ran today as a Democrat, I don't think he would stand a chance. And Al Franken is a perfect example because what Al Franken was accused of was way less serious than anything Bill Clinton was ever accused of. Yeah, but it was... Point- and he's gone. He's it, not in the Senate it's anymore. Been, it's been pointed out to me, though, that, it, that, 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 that uh, if the Democrats hadn't uh, come, come down on Franken, yep. they wouldn't have the credibility to come down on Kavanaugh. Exactly. Yeah. And not, by the way, not just Franklin. Or not just Franken. Uh, John Conyers. Oh, yeah. He was a representative, header, one of the leaders of the House Democratic or House Progressive Caucus. Mm-hmm. He's gone. He had to retire. He had to resign. Yeah, and I, honestly, I you know, at first, I really liked Al Franken. I loved, I loved yeah. everything he had to uh, say yeah, on agree. any topic he wanted to talk about. But I, you know, with a little bit of distance, I was, I was devastated to hear that he was going to be 
he was he was gonna resign over this at first. But you know, with a little bit of distance, it, I I think it should have been even quicker and simpler because yes. the, I mean, I think uh, he so, made mistakes so, saying some so, of the things he did. So too. so honestly, um, the the picture that came out of him grabbing that woman's breasts while she was sleeping while she was sleeping. Yeah, I I think that that's uh, awful. I I think it's uh, if not assault something very akin to it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I definitely don't think that it's criminal. Uh, it should, no, I don't think anybody should be going to jail for that. But I do think that, I think that senators should have to I immediately... Know, would, but. I, I don't think that senators immediately... I think that senators should have to immediately resign when that picture comes out. Yeah. I think well, that that is the case, right? And it's, it's important to note that sexual assault laws in the United States are actually very lax. They're, they're, or I should say, they're very strict in terms of the bar is very high. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that any any form of in assault most, requires a, a, a n- serious injury. Not yeah, well, not even proving like a lot of them are or literally like a lot of them are literally. It requires un uh, unconsenting vaginal penetration, yes. which means like if you're if you're anally penetrated or if you're a guy, like like in some places in some states, I think it's still the case that like if you're a guy, you literally can't be raped because the law stipulates vaginal penetration. Ah. That's lame. Yeah. So, so the rules in terms of what you can go to prison for, they're very slim yes. in a lot of places in the United States, right? But yeah, I totally think that's the thing that you got to resign, especially if you're living in this movement. And we're going to take this now. Seriously. Now, th- at the same time, I, I, with 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 the allegations that I've heard about Al Franken, I think that he 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 needed to resign immediately. But yes. I would also. If if he wanted to say before the American people, I'm sorry for that, and yes. I'd like to run again, yes. I'd be down. I'd be so I think down. it would take time, and I think he would need. We'll let Louis C.K. go first. <laughs> we'll, we'll rehabilitate him, and then we'll, no, we'll go I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold your breath for that to happen because <laughs> I don't think he has. I I do think Al Franken probably is sorry and could. Yes, would be for seriously sure. remorseful. For sure. For sure. I, I don't get that vibe from Louis C.K. Really, but I I could be wrong. We could talk about. We can talk about. We can talk about some other point. But yeah, I, I don't I don't get that vibe. What Louis C.K. did was wrong. Let me be but, clear. But actually, you bring up you bring up Louis C.K. and that gets to my other point. You talk about ruining this guy's life. People always bring this. Oh, what if these allegations come up and like you ruin somebody? It'll ruin somebody's life. And I'm like, my response is always, what evidence do we have that a sexual assault allegation, even if we know it happened or even if it's substantiated, has ruined people's lives? Very little. Louis C.K. is doing comedy specials again. Not specials. Not specials. He's doing comedy acts again. Yes, he's, he's doing. He's going on. on he's doing open mics. And again, I, I made this joke on Twitter that you know Brett Kavanaugh is lucky that he only has three women coming against him because if or actually he's not lucky. He's unlucky that's only three women coming against him because if he'd gotten sixteen women to come against him, including his own ex-wife, and there was a video of him saying admitting to groping women without consent. He might have to settle for president of the United States, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, so you know, and you, so Louis C.K. again, you know, Bill Cosby just went to prison, and he admitted, like, there's literally deposition of him saying, "I gave women spiked drinks so that they would pass out." Yeah, that's what it took for him to go to prison. Yep. But you look at all these other people, Harvey we, Weinstein. Yeah, that's Bill Cosby. Yeah, yeah. No, but well, Harvey that, Weinstein, that, that that and being black, just to be clear. Yes, yes, yes. both of those things. Right, because Harvey Weinstein, he's been arrested, he's being prosecuted, not necessarily in prison yet. Not yet. Yeah. Right. Hopefully, hopefully he'll be in prison. I think he's in jail right now, but he hasn't been 
He hasn't been. Um, his trial hasn't started. Um, oh, what if what if but, he goes to prison that, and we find out that he's just sexual assaulting all the prisoners? But I mean, <laughs> but I mean, look at all the people. Okay, you know, so Louis C.K. Right? He he was gone for a couple of months and then he's doing shows again. Obviously, Donald Trump, President of the United States. Um, there's the guy who's um, the representative from Ohio and Ohio State. He was a coach of Ohio State wrestling team. I think it's Jim Jordan. He was a coach in Ohio State wrestling team. And the Ohio State wrestlers are coming forward saying like, hey, the trainer at our, in our wrestling team was sexually assaulting us. He, he was like touching us in places he shouldn't have. And Jim Jordan knew about it. Mm-hmm. Jim yep. Jordan's still, still a congressperson. Yep, yep. Still a congressman, right? For now. Yeah. And then you go back to like James Franco has been accused of stuff. Some and weird it's stuff. totally, yeah. And, and like fully, like there were text messages like he was texting a 16 year old yeah, girl yeah, that yeah. knew it was 16. It, it's a big hole. Nothing it's a deep happened. hole. Deep, it's a deep hole. You see what I'm saying? So I, this idea that somebody's life is ruined, I'm like, what evidence is there of a sexual assault? Right allegation ruining someone's life that's powerful that's powerful yeah. and, and then on top of that kavanaugh wouldn't even lose his job he would not he may not get the supreme court job but he's currently a federal judge which is a lifetime appointment well, he did lose which his, means in he order did, to lose it he would have to be impeached by two-thirds of the senate he did actually lose his his teaching job to be fair he lost his teaching job at harvard harvard oh my god I'm, how will he survive I, I know how will he survive? You'll have to do a gofundme yeah yeah okay <laughs> So, so, so so back so back to credibility. So back to credibility. So, so, let's, so, so do you want to talk about do you want to talk about why we believe Ford first or why we don't believe Kavanaugh first? I think it's more fun to do Ford first. To do Ford first. Yes. If we talk about cuz cuz Kavanaugh was second, his hearing was after hers and it gets weird. So let's just talk about why we believe. Why do okay. Yeah. So, so why is she so credible? What what well, is Well, I think the first thing is the reasons that she came forward and the way that she came forward, right? To me, that was the big thing of you came forward before this guy was even nominated and you held it for a long time because you didn't want this notoriety, right? That's one. Two is her testimony was very credible in terms of her memories of certain things were very clear. Um, Her description of certain events were very clear. She's obviously a psychology professor. So she actually had the scientific terminology to back up why she could remember certain things and why she couldn't remember other things. But to me, and you, I think a lot of people have probably seen this video a lot, the moment, I think one of the things that added a lot of credibility to her um, was the moment that um, uh, Senator... Um, I forget what his name is, but basically one of the senators asked her, what was the one memory? What was the thing that stuck out to her most? And she talked about it and it was something that was like so devastating that it was, and so personal that I feel like it's not something that if you were making this up, not just personal primal, I would say primal, primal, exactly. primal. that if you were making it up, I just think that it's not something a person who's just lying would, would, be good enough to make up mm-hmm. you know and, and and so so let's let's play this this video well then let's go back to the incident what is the strongest memory you have 
strongest memory of the incident, something that you cannot forget. Take whatever time you need. Indelible in the hippocampus is the laughter, the, la the uproarious laughter between the two, and they're having fun at my expense. You've never forgotten that laughter. You've never forgotten them laughing at you. They were laughing with each other. And you were the object of the laughter? I was, you know, underneath one of them while the two laughed. Two, fr two friends having a really good time with one another. Boy, I've known a lot of professors. And either uh, she's been through some shit or she is the best actress I've ever seen in academia. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's the thing. I mean, that was one of the moments where you watch it and you're just like, that's just some shit that I just feel like you just don't make up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, shit, watch. Uh, if you go, go find a video of uh, chimpanzees raping something. And that's the first thing you'll notice is the creepy laughter. They laugh. I can't say I've ever watched the video of chimpanzees and the raping, but okay. <laughs> but I, I believe no you. comment. I believe you. <laughs> okay. I believe you. No chimps are. I've, I've seen videos of chimps doing being brutal. Shit. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're brutal. laughing when they do it. They're brutal. Yeah. yeah. Dolphins also. Yeah. Brutal. But they don't laugh. They just kind of blow bubbles. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So to me, that was a thing, and she's gotten a lot of pushback from people being like, "Well." including, by the way, Donald Trump this week, really harping on her and being like, well, okay, you know, she didn't remember this and she didn't remember that and, and she remembered this and that. And she talked about it in her testimony that, again, as a psychology professor, there are things that you put into your brain when you experience a trauma. Oh, and hey, we just, I just want to interrupt. I'm sorry, but here's some BS. When mm -hmm. he, he, the first thing Trump said about in the, in the statement you're talking about was I yeah. ha that she had one beer. She doesn't remember how she got there. She doesn't remember this. She doesn't remember that. You know what? I don't know if you've ever seen a 15-year-old after one beer, but I've been 15 and I've seen it. And yeah, easily, like, they could be way too intoxicated after one beer. A 15-year-old yeah. girl, yeah. how much, how much, I'm looking at her now. I wonder what she weighed when she was 15. I bet yeah. it knocked her on her butt. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not necessarily always tied to weight. It's more about metabolism, but. I know, but a 15-year-old yeah. girl has yes, a beer. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, I totally get you. So, so it, could that affect her memory? Yes. I know there's also, we're going to talk about, you know, that trauma can affect memory and that 36 years can affect memory. But, right. but honestly, I mean, do not, you can't judge her by Brett Kavanaugh's love of beer standards, right? Yeah. So Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> has a beer. He remembers everything. Yeah. I have a beer. I remember everything. But if it, when, I was, I wrote it in my calendar. when I was 15 and I, and, and I had a beer, yeah. uh, it, it, it was a, it was unlike anything else that happened that day. Yeah. Yeah. And for me personally, you know, that's a thing where it's like, so I just want to preface this. I'm going to tell a story, but I just want to preface this by saying that this is not a sexual assault story. I, I've never been sexually assaulted. That's not what this is. This is an event that does not compare to what Blasey Ford went through. But there was a thing that happened to me one time when I was drinking in college and that really pissed me off and it affects you. And there are things that I remember about it very vividly and things that I don't remember at all. Right. And this was basically, it was freshman year in college and I was not a drinker up until college at all. 
because you know i grew up baptist so we, we don't drink mm-hmm. supposedly mm. but yeah even though <laughs> there was some drinking that happened but we were not big drinkers in my family at all and i and i was never allowed to when i was growing up and i never went to parties and stuff like that i was very much a yeah all the things kavanaugh says he is that's what i actually was yeah <laughs> like i actually did go to school and do my extracurriculars and played football and all that stuff and did not go to parties and, and did not hang out that much. It wasn't until senior year after I got my license that I, I started hanging out with friends and stuff after school because I could. Uh, you know, my, my dad worked a lot. You know, he, was, he worked till 8 o'clock pretty much every night, six days a week. So my dad wasn't anywhere to drive me any places. And my mom was disabled by the time I was in high school. So she wasn't driving me places. So it's pretty much I came home, got off the bus, and I did homework, and I did whatever I did at home, right? Mm-hmm. Until I got my license. So... So I actually was what Brett Kavanaugh says he is, and I didn't drink a lot. So when I got to college, and I was drinking a lot for the first time, and there was a, a guy that I won't say his name, but there was a guy that um, he was older, and he had a house off campus, and he would throw parties a lot, and he would have, because he was old enough, he would buy the alcohol and stuff like that. So of course, us being 18, wasn't legal, so... That's how we got alcohol, and that's how we went to party, right? And we, I'd been over to his house for three or four parties at this point. And I go over there one night, and I was with just a friend of mine um, and another friend of ours from high school. And it was just the three of us there. And the friend of ours from high school that came with us to this party, she ended up... Uh, getting sick from the alcohol that she was drinking and so her and then my other friend they were off she was like throwing up in the bathroom or whatever and then so my friend was with her right and so i was i was by myself in this party with a bunch of people that i really didn't know and my typical thing at that time was i was i was a liquor person i was not a beer person at that time and so i was drinking uh whiskey right and we're maybe 30 minutes into this party and I've gotten through, I don't know, a third maybe of this 40 of whiskey. Yeah. Not a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. Or sorry, it was a pint, pint of whiskey. And so not a lot. Um, but you know, I was feeling buzzed or whatever. And I was talking to some people or something like that. People, I didn't know who they were. And they just made a joke like, Oh, you barely even started. Right. And me and my hubris, hubris, think, thinking like, oh, no, I can drink more than this. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll chug this whole thing right now. And they were like, no, don't do that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, now you challenge me. So I did. Two thirds no, yeah. of that pint yeah. instantly yeah. <laughs> chugged it. That fucked me up. I bet. Fucked me up bad. I stayed conscious for a while. Uh, my friends were still in the bathroom. She was still sick. So it, I couldn't leave at that point. Um, so I'm rolling around the party and I end up going into one of the bedrooms and the bedrooms were open. They had a kegerator in this bedroom. So it's not like this is a place I wasn't supposed to be. There was lots of people in this room, right? Cause that's where the kegerator was. Right. So I, I roll into the bedroom and I, I lay down on the bed and the guy whose bedroom it was, again, there were other people in there, but the guy whose bedroom it was, was sitting on the edge of it. Uh, looking at the TV, playing video games or something with some girl, right? Yeah. And so he says to me, like, hey, don't pass out on my bed. And I'm like, oh, I'm not. I'm going to be fine. This is the first time I've ever been this drunk, right? 
So I'm like, oh, I'm I'm fine. So I get up and I walk out and I do some other stuff I don't remember. I eventually come back and I was like, man, I really feel like I'm going to pass out. And somebody says, I remembered the rule. Take your shoes off. Right. So take your shoes off because that is what will. That signifies that, like, don't mess with you. Yeah. Right. That's supposed to be the rule. Mm hmm. So I go back in there. I lay back down in the bed. He's like, hey, are you going to pass out? And I was like, yeah, I really feel like I am. And so I popped off my shoes and I laid down in the bed. And then I don't remember much after that. Yeah. I vaguely remember waking up however much later. Yeah. With my friends. They were finally ready to leave. They wake me up. I, get, I put on my shoes. Make it back to my dorm somehow. Don't remember. Yeah. Don't remember anything about it. Go to bed. Wake up the next morning for an 8 a.m. class. I make it to that 8 a.m. class, sleep all the way through it, wearing the exact same clothes from the night before, reeking of alcohol, I'm sure. And I walk out of that class, and there are some friends of mine, and they're talking, and they're like, hey, what happened? And I was like, what are you talking about? They're like, are you feeling okay? And I was like, no, I'm hungover as hell. And they're like, that's it? And I was like, yeah, what are you talking about? And they're like, do you not know what happened last night? And I said, no. And they were like, you passed out on that dude's bed. And they came at you and they used you for target practice. What do you mean target practice? They shot me with a pellet gun. Oh, God. They shot me with dart guns, blow guns, all this. Yeah. I had no idea. I walk all the way back to my dorm, right? Mm -hmm. I take off my shoes. Sock is covered in blood. Oh, my God. Soaked in dried blood. Wow. Take off my shirt. I got welts all over me. <laughs> like, it was fucked up, right? Huh. So, there are things that I remember vividly about that. Even with the alcohol, there are things I remember vividly. As, I said, as I've described, I vividly remember standing on the porch, talking to someone, telling them that, like, I don't feel well. I vividly remember, you know passing out right i vividly remember going into that bedroom and laying there i vividly remember the person who did it i could picture his face in my head right now i know his name couldn't tell you anybody else's name there right my friends obviously because i still know them but other than that those other people there that i knew totally forgotten their names don't remember how i got home you know they've talked about how does she not remember how she got home i don't remember how i got home his house was almost two miles away from the dorm. I walked back to that at 4.30 in the morning. I don't remember how I got there. But I did. So there is totally, and this, was, this wasn't 36 years ago for me. This was 10 years ago, 12 years ago. You know, one third of the time. There are things that you remember vividly that you just, pictures that you push out, the feelings that you have. <laughs> The feeling that I had when I heard this, that I heard this had happened, and that they had, in fact, recorded it, and they were going to post it to College Humor. Oh, God. Because remember, back then, College Humor yes, was, yes, yes. It was like an E-bombs world. Yeah. It wasn't like what it is now. Yeah. And, and then there are things that I just don't remember at all. What was I wearing? I, who fucking knows? Yeah. What was the name of these other people there? I don't fucking know. Where's his house? It was a couple miles away. Don't remember exactly where it was. Don't remember what it looked like. But I can tell you exactly, 
like I said, I can still picture him sitting on the edge of that fucking bed. I can still picture and and you know she talks about the laughter. The reason I remember him, my friend waking me up from when I was passed out was I remember I waking up and everybody laughing. Oh. And and not knowing why and not knowing until the next day. Yeah. So this whole thing where people were like, how does she not remember this? How does she not remember that? And how does she remember this specific thing? How could she be 100% certain if she doesn't know how she got home? That's how this shit works, man. And she talked about it in her testimony. Like, when you undergo things that affect you, there are certain things that your brain holds on to. Yeah. Because it's a traumatic event. And she's literally an authority on that because she's a professor of psychology. Right. <laughs> and there are things that you forget because they're not important. Yeah. How I got home is unimportant to the thing that happened to me. Yeah. Right? The two people I was talking to that told me not to, do, not to chug this whiskey was unimportant in the scale of that night. Right? So all of that, to me, totally rings credible. Yeah. None of that, to me, just gives me any indications that this is something that's she's lying or something like that. Mm. You know? Yeah. Well, hey, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry they did that to you. Yeah. Uh, no, but, 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 it's, but it's, it's a good point. It's a good point to be made. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, Kavanaugh. Yeah. So, so Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. To do, a, to do a, a quick turn here. So why, so, why don't we believe Kavanaugh? <sighs> so, for me, there's tons of reasons. One is, let's just get to the fact of the testimony itself and the way that he just did not answer questions at all. So, so in fact, uh, Vox put together an infographic here, and and what they did uh, was they they made a map of all the times, right, the transcripts, and in fact, I I think these are actually literally transcripts if you click on them. Yeah, yeah. So they're literally the questions and the answers, right? Yeah. But and so they marked all this out, right? And said, and so the, and then they highlighted every time they responded with an answer or an evasion, did not answer between Ford and Kavanaugh. And so obviously, if it's highlighted in pink, didn't answer the question. It's highlighted in blue, they did answer the question. And to me, it's pretty telling. It's pretty telling. Yeah. So, so, so the first thing is he just avoided answering questions constantly about. Everything now, and I'd like to make a point about this because, you know, the beginning, the, the initial hearing, the first, the first few days of the hearing of Brett Kavanaugh, where he was answering questions about how he might rule on on this on th- judge things on the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. and he's he doesn't seem to want to answer a question. The Democrats seem to be pushing really hard for answers about Roe v. Wade and this and that. But that is a lot. Most people haven't watched a Supreme Court hearing, and that is the way. People they usually answer the question. They yeah. usually are very unwilling to answer questions. But this is not that. This is not. They're that. not asking him about how would you uphold this or do you agree with this right. uh, 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 judgment because right. those consistently throughout the history of the Republic, uh, Supreme Court nominees refuse to answer that question. But yeah, they, they just want to point that out because that that because you want, you don't want to commit to. I I think that's problematic too, and I think the answer the reason he well, wasn't answering a lot of those questions is because. For example, he, he would vote to restrict or overturn abortion well, rights, I, he, and he can't say that because then he wouldn't get confirmed. Maybe yes, maybe no, but ultimately, the fact is, is that it is a tradition, and he wasn't willing to break from that tradition. Even if he was just hiding behind that tradition, 
tradition is there and it's to be expected. Yeah, right? you, especially as a judiciary, you never want to lock yourself into it. Especially when... Con- lock yourself into a decision before you've even heard arguments, right? Especially when the Judiciary Committee is, uh, is, is the same party as the, as, the, as the person who nominated the nominee. Right. You can, yeah, where so you it really expe- doesn't you, matter. That yeah, much. you can expect an easy uh, uh, job interview and you don't really have to answer. Right. Like, I think Ted Cruz just was like talking to him about what his favorite color was. Oh, yeah. Bullshit. They were asking him about, uh, you know, him and his father playing catch. This is nonsense. Yeah. 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 But that's, that's, that's normal. Um, right. Right. I think, but, but I think what he did here, I do think Ruth Bader Ginsburg did answer about Roe v. Wade, which was unusual. I well, think, I, I think if if anybody ever had a question of how RBG stands on Roe right, v. right, 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 but I do think that on most, <laughs> that, on, that on, even her on most questions, even even about liberal judgments, yeah, I hesitate to call them liberal judgments, but yeah. but judgments that liberals like, yeah, uh, she 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 was still unwilling to answer, right. So so, but just to, that was just to point out that, that that these questions that he was that we're talking about are not those, and not just not just that he didn't answer the question, but the way that he would not respond to questions. It was as if he was. Do uh, you? Well, yeah. So we'll get to that. But but even when he would when he would not answer questions, it was things like, it was like he had contempt for the fact that the question was even being asked. Yes. That he was even expected to be to have to listen to these questions, right? And and I think the most telling example of this was in his exchange with Dick Durbin, and and this was the thing that came up a lot throughout the entire testimony is Democrats kept asking him, hey, do you think there should be an investigation? If you believe that you did not do this, right, and that the evidence will bear out that you didn't do it, then an investigation will prove that, right? So why not agree to the investigation? Now, I will say, as a liberal that does not trust law enforcement, I do not necessarily buy that argument. I don't think you should submit freely to an investigation. However, he was pointing out that in this case, it's not a criminal investigation and the FBI would not draw conclusions. And ultimately, it was going to be Senate Republicans that were going to judge and make decisions based off of the investigation. Yeah. So his risk, if, if it were to come out exactly as it is now, that we learn no new information from it, that it's just literally he said, she said, and all that then his risk from this investigation is literally almost zero. So the fact that he would not commit to an investigation with as low risk as you could possibly get for an FBI investigation, to me, was telling. And, the, and he would consistently not say it. He would consistently not answer it. And they would ask him, do you think it should be an investigation? He would consistently avoid it every single time. And this was, to be honest, the most egregious example of it. You have clearly and unequivocally denied that you assaulted Dr. Ford. With that statement, you must believe that there is no credible evidence or any credible witness that could prove otherwise. You started off with an impassioned statement at the beginning, and I can imagine, try to imagine, what you have been through or your family's been through, and I'm sure I wouldn't get close to it. But it was an impassioned... No, you wouldn't. I'm sure I wouldn't. It's an impassioned statement. And in the course of it, you said... I welcome any kind of investigation. I quote you. I welcome any kind of investigation. I've got a suggestion for you. Right now, turn to your left in the front row to Don McGahn, counsel to President Donald Trump, 
ask him to suspend this hearing and nomination process until the FBI completes its investigation of the charges made by Dr. Ford and others and goes to bring the witnesses forward and provides that information to this hearing. I'm sure that the chairman at that point will understand that that is a reasonable request to finally put to rest these charges if they are false or to prove them if they are not. You spent two years in the White House office that approved judicial nominees. You turned to the FBI over and over and over again for their work. Let's bring them in here and now. Turn to Don McGahn and tell him it's time to get this done. An FBI investigation is the only way to answer some of these questions. Stop the, stop the clock. Uh, this committee is, is running this hearing. Not the White House, not Don McGahn, not even you as a nominee. Uh, we're, we are here today because Dr. Ford asked for an opportunity here. I know you did too as well. Is that really her? I was gonna ask all day, like, is that her? Yeah. We're I, here I, because like her. okay. people wanted to be heard from gonna have charges a premonition any minute. that they all thought <laughs> were unfair or activities like sexual assault was unfair. So I wanna assure Senator Durbin, regardless of what you say Proud to it. Senator Don McGahn, we're not suspending this hearing. Proceed to answer the question, or whatever, or if the gentleman... Uh, I'll just say this. If you, Judge Kavanaugh, turn to Don McGahn and to this committee and say, for the sake of my reputation, my family name, and to get to the bottom of the truth of this, I am not going to state be an obstacle to an FBI investigation. I would hope that all the members of the committee would join me in saying, we're going to abide by your wish wishes, and we will have that investigation. I welcome whatever the committee wants to do because I'm telling the truth. I want to know what you want to do. I, I'm telling the truth. I want to know what you want to do, Judge. I'm innocent. I'm innocent of this charge. Then you're prepared for an FBI investigation? They don't reach conclusions. You reach the conclusion. No, Senator. but they do investigate questions. I'm, I'm innocent. And you can't have it both ways, Judge. You can't say here at the beginning. I wanted a hearing. Moment, Look, I welcome thing, any kind of investigation. This thing was sprung on me. This. this thing was sprung at the last minute after being held by staff. You know, Judge, and I called for a, no I called for a to, hearing immediately. If there is no truth to her charges, the FBI investigation will show that. Are you afraid that they might not? Yeah. Come on, Jay. The FBI does not reach. You know, you know this is. You know that's a phony well, question because the FBI doesn't reach conclusions. So let, they just go. provide the 302s. With 302s, so I can explain to people who don't know what that is. What? They just go and do what you're doing. Yeah. Ask questions and then type up a report. They don't reach the bottom this line. Morning, this you, morning I asked Dr. Ford. I asked her about this incident where she ran into Mark Judge in Safeway. And she said, sure, I remember it. Six or eight weeks after this occurrence. Well, someone at the Washington Post went in and took a look at Mr. Judge's book and has been able to, the run that he wrote about his addiction and his uh, alcoholism. And they have narrowed it down what they think was a period of time six or eight weeks after the event, and he would have been working at the Safeway at that point. So the point I'm getting to is we at least can connect some dots here and get some information. Why would you resist that There's kind of dots. investigation? Why would you resist that kind of investigation? Sir, I, I welcome, I wanted the hearing last week. I'm asking about the FBI investigation. There, the committee figures out how to ask the questions. I'll do whatever. I've been on the phone multiple times with committee counsel. I'll talk to... Judge Kavanaugh, will you support an FBI investigation I'll do, I'll, right now? I, I will do whatever the committee wants to 
Personally, do you think that's the best thing for us to do? You want to answer? You know, look, Senator, I, I've, I've, I, I've said I wanted a hearing, and I'd said I was welcome anything. I'm innocent. This thing was held, held when it could have been presented mm -hmm. in the ordinary way. It could have been held and handled confidentially at first, which was what Dr. Ford's wishes were, as I understand it, and wouldn't have caused this, like, destroyed my family like this, this effort has. I think an FBI investigation will help all of us on both sides of the issue. Yeah, so, and that was really how he treated the whole thing, right? I mean, you see it, right? He's rolling his eyes at it. Yeah, he does, he does not think that, he thinks it's beneath him, for sure. He does. And that's, this is the thing that's frustrating as hell about it, and you saw it time and time again, that he feels like he's entitled to this, and that the fact that anything like this has come up is just, it's, it's oppressing him, right? It's, it's a persecution of him. And, but, you know, so, so there's one thing of why I didn't find him very credible, right? The way he would just, because even, again, you go to this question, the FBI investigation, he himself is sitting here saying, the FBI won't come to any conclusions. They'll just write it down as he said, she said. So for you, he said, she said is the best possible outcome for you right now. <laughs> right i mean well the best possible outcome is to do an investigation and they find out like i said that one of you two wasn't even in the state at the yeah, time yeah, incontrovertible right? evidence yeah right but most likely is just that it's he said she said yeah right it, according to him if he didn't do it and they were both in the state the most likely is just he said she said there's no corroborating evidence in which case a republican senate is going to give it to you they're going to ignore all this and they're going to move right on right mm -hmm. so for him there's literally almost no downside to the investigation unless unless there's evidence that he actually yeah. did do it and he knows that there is mm -hmm. or that there's evidence that some of the other allegations mm -hmm. are true. Yeah. Right. In which case you wouldn't want an investigation. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so that's the first thing that gives him credibility. The second thing is, and we touched on this earlier is the way that he would just like bullshit things. He he would just talk about how like he he has taken this the stance of just deny. Right? And not just deny that he didn't do this, but deny that he even partied. Yeah. Deny that he did anything. And you saw this over and over and over Sounds again. Sounds like a fun beach week. Right? Yeah. Well, and he had beach week on his thing. But, you know, and so, for example, you, you know, you, you mentioned the, the yes, yearbook, the yearbook stuff earlier, and there are things in there that are very commonly known yeah. phrases, yeah. right? And he just totally just lied about what they obviously mean. And if you don't, if, if I can't trust you to admit what, you know, devil's triangle is. Which is something that is so obvious that why would you even lie about it? Then how can I trust you about something you have a good reason to lie when about? When was the first time you heard that phrase? From you. From me? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I call a threesome with two guys a devil's threesome. Yeah. And I first heard that on I had never Scrubs. Heard that from Scrubs. Yeah. I first heard that from Scrubs. Um, but uh, no, I, it, it definitely means that. Yeah. I was never in a fraternity, so. Or I guess you didn't hear it in the fraternity, but. 
But anyway, and, and there was more. He he did this whole thing with his yearbook, and so let, let's watch this too. consistent in time with the events at issue here. And because it appears to be your words, is it in fact your words on your yearbook page? We, we submitted things to the editors and I believe they took them. I don't know if they changed things or not, but. You're not aware of any changes, as far I as you know. I'm not, aware one way or, I'm not aware one way or the other, but I'm not gonna sit here and contest that. Have at it if you wanna go through my yearbook. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually interested. You know, lawyers um, should be working off of common terms and understand the words that we're using. I think that's a pretty basic principle among lawyers, wouldn't you agree? It is. If you're worried about my yearbook, have at so, it, Senator. Um, let's look at uh, Beach Week Ralph Club biggest contributor. What does the word Ralph mean in that? Uh, that probably refers you know, to uh, throwing up. I'm known to have a weak stomach and I always have. In fact, the last time I was here, you asked me about having ketchup on spaghetti. I always have had a weak stomach. I don't know that I asked about ketchup on spaghetti, you, but... You didn't. Someone did. Okay. And, and this is well known. Anyone who's known me, like a lot of these people behind me, uh, have known me my whole life, know, you know, I got a weak stomach, whether it's with beer or with spicy food or anything. So the vomiting that you reference in the Ralph Club reference um, related to the consumption of alcohol. Sarah, I was... Uh, the top of my class academically, busted my butt in school, captain of the varsity basketball team, got into Yale College. When I got into Yale College, got into Yale Law School, worked my tail off. And, and what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. <laughs> Did the word, Ralph, you used yeah, in your yearbook? I already, yearbook said, I already answered alcohol. the question. If you're, yeah, you don't relate to alcohol. I like you beer. Have that. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Um, what do you like to drink? Next one is Senator. What do you like? Judge, to drink? have oh, you? Ooh. I don't know if it's he does that or boofed multiple times. More than once, yeah. Judge. That refers to flatulence. We were sixteen. Okay. And so when uh, your friend Mark Judge said the same, put the same thing in his yearbook page back to you, he had the same meaning. It was flatulence. I don't know what he did, but that's my recollection. We want to talk about flatulence at age 16 on a yearbook page. I'm, I'm game. Um, you mentioned, I think, the Renate or Renate, Renata. I don't know how you pronounce that. That's a, that's a proper name of an individual you know? Renata. Renata. It's spelled with an E at the end, R-E-N-A-T-E. Is that correct? Okay. And then after that is the word alumnius. What does the word alumnius mean in that context? I explained that in my opening statement. We, um, she was a great friend of ours. Uh, we, a bunch of us went to dances with her. She hung out with us as a group. The media circus that has been generated by this thought and reported that it referred to sex. It did not. Never had any, as she herself said on the record, any kind of sexual interaction uh, with her. And I'm sorry how that's been misinterpreted and sorry about that as I explained in my opening statement because she's a good person. And to have her name dragged through this hearing is a joke and really an embarrassment. Devil's Triangle. Drinking game. How's it played? Bullshit. Oh. Three glasses in a triangle. And? That's beer pong. He's confusing it with beer pong. 
No. It's a quarters game. Um, so, so this is a thing that he did multiple times, right? Like, this is the thing that makes him really lose credibility with me. It's just, you're lying about stuff that you don't need to lie about. Yeah. Like, who sits there and goes, Devil's Triangle. Let me pause for two seconds and think about it. Yeah, well, it was less than two seconds. He, 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 he did seem to have it ready to go. I don't know if he knew it was coming. Clever answer. I mean, he did go to Yale Law School. He would have clever answers. He was very, he brings it up a lot. Well, and then there's so many things. So, so then he brings up, you know, okay, the boofing. And we, we already talked on, on that earlier about how it was, um, you know, Boofing is more commonly now, you know, smuggling drugs, right, in the anus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but back then, and, and some of his classmates have come out and go like, yeah, no, it was short for butt fucking. <laughs> which, that's the obvious definition. If you look at the way it was used in the yearbook, mm-hmm. which was, it was Judge, you know, his friend Mark Judge wrote in his yearbook, have you boofed yet? <laughs> and then he wrote in his friend's yearbook, have you boofed yet? Oh my gosh, it sounds like something a frat brother would say to me. Right. <sighs> and it's like... No, no, it refers to farting. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Are you kidding me with that? So why do you lie about that? Because there's so much evidence that you're lying. Right? Like, it's not... If you had just come out and been like... Like, he, he's saying like, oh, yeah, we drank beer. We like beer. But if you come out and be like, yeah, I drank a lot. I partied a lot. I probably blacked out. Drank too much. Right? And there was even a point in here where the prosecutor asked him, did you ever drink too much? And he said, yes. And she said, how much would you consider too much? Yeah. And he said, whatever the chart says. Yeah, he just drinks with the chart. Whatever yeah. the chart. Are you yeah, I don't, fucking well, I don't, kidding I, he's me? He's like, he takes a drink. Well, I don't feel anything, but the chart never lies. In so. 1982, I had a breathalyzer with me yeah. and a pocket chart. Yeah. And I compared them as I was drinking. As I read my pocket constitution. Like, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that, like, is so ridiculous that there is no reason. And there were other things like he talked about in his yearbook. You know, he was part of the hundred kegs or bus club. Yeah. And he was like, oh, but we didn't really drink that. Then, and he was saying earlier that, well, they embellished it. So things in there weren't really like real. But then you saw White House asked him like, but those were your words. And you, to your knowledge, nobody embellished it. And he was like, to my knowledge, nobody embellished it. So, which is, so you lied within your own testimony. Because in one time in the opening statement, he said, we made stuff up. And they embellished it for fun because this was, he said it was post Animal Party or Animal House, right? This was a few years after Animal House, the movie. But then now you're saying, oh, no, I don't think they actually did it, right? And it's one of those things that's so stupid. And, and I think the, the Renata thing is the most egregious of it because you saw him talking about. You know, lots of times in there, uh, throughout the testimony, talking about how her name being brought up was a disgrace, and that how other senators bringing her name up was disrespectful to her. Not that what he said about her was disrespectful, right? But that other people asking her about it was disrespectful, right? And the thing that's interesting about it was so, what it refers to was. He wrote in his yearbook, Renata Alumnius. Yeah. And 13 other football players also wrote in their yearbook. Dark. Renata Alumnius. Mm-hmm. Right. And there were people saying like, hey, this refers to, we hooked up 
And so we were all part of the club that hooked up with her. Yeah, right. Clearly. And he's saying no. He's saying what it really was. In his was testimony, it, it was a it was a group that it she, was a group that we were friends, and she didn't know. Yeah, it was a group that we were friends, and we were using it. We were saying, "Hey, we were the Renata Club, the Renata alumnus." Yeah, wait till you find out about my Paul Club. <laughs> oh, it's a yeah. hoot. Yeah. I mean, if I find about it, out about it 36 years yeah, later, yeah, yeah. and then it's going to be a little weird. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. So you've told me about it now. Yeah. But that's the thing. At the time, he was like, oh, it, it was just a show of affection that she was one of us. But you never told her. Right? She yeah. never knew about it. Good, good joke, guys. So, so good job making her feel like part of you. Real riot. Because you never told her. Yeah. Right? It was one of those things that's so stupid. And again, it was controverted. It, like, it was demonstrably untrue by other people. So it says here, here's an article in the New York Times where it talks about another Georgetown Prep alumnus also listed himself as a Renata alumnus. And inside some song lyrics, he included a short poem that said, you need a date and it's getting late, so don't hesitate to call Renate. Renata. Yeah. It's like, this is verifiably not true. And not only that, his attorney gave an entirely different story. When this first came out, because this, this came out before this New York Times article came out, before the, the hearing, and his attorney came out and said, no, 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 what Renata, and Renata alumnus referred to was, you know, they had affection and they went on a date, but they just kissed. And that, that's what we, we, yeah, we were yeah, people yeah, who, who socialized with her. And it's like, you can't even get your story straight with your own attorney. Yeah. So none of, none of, none of his testimony made any sense. And no. then, and then... Then it got real strange. The, yeah. Well, which one are you talking about? I'm talking about where he blows his lid and then he, he, he threatens half the country and we're not sure with what. Well, okay. <laughs> Just real quick. I, w- I want to touch on this one thing, other thing too. You saw a hint of it there with, um, uh, with White House where he did the whole thing of, what do you like to drink, Senator? Right? He did the same thing with uh, uh, Senator Klobuchar. And the worst part about this was Klobuchar had earlier in this questioning made it clear that her dad was a recovering alcoholic, right? 90-year-old, still in AA, right? And she's asking him about, hey, were you ever blackout drunk? Again, keep in mind, there is video of him saying, there, there are records of him saying, talking about passing out. In his yearbook, he talked about you know, this game, who won that yes, anyway? Like, yes, I couldn't yes, remember. Yes. There was records of him saying in Yale when he was running a club, like, people would pass out getting off the bus when they were going to games and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's all this evidence about it. And she's asking him, just say that you drank sometimes too much yeah. and you blacked out. And he would, he would just refuse to do it. And he, in fact, he gets hit it fucking gross with her. He got in trouble for it, and there were consequences. Yeah, that's where she's he talking about her dad. He's still in AA yeah. at age 90, and he's sober. Uh, and in his words, he was pursued by grace, and that's how he got through this. So in your case, uh, you have said um, here and other places that you never drank so much uh, that you didn't remember what happened. But yet we have heard, not under oath, but we have heard your college roommate say that you did drink frequently, these are in re- news reports, uh, that you would sometimes be belligerent. Um, another classmate said it's not credible for you to say you didn't have memory lapses. So drinking is one thing. I, don't th- but- I, I actually don't think that's the second quote's correct. On the first quote, 
if you wanted, I, I provided some material that's still redacted about the situation with the freshman year roommate. And I don't really want to repeat that in a public hearing, but just so you know, there were three people in a room, Dave White, Jamie Roach, and me, and it was a contentious situation where Jamie did not like Dave White I was, at all. And I mean, this. Okay. I so, I just, so Dave White came back from, from home one weekend, and Jamie Roach had moved all his furniture okay, okay. out into the out into the courtyard. Okay. And so he walks in, and so that's your source on that. Okay. So there's some so old drinking is one thing, and, there, and there's much more. Okay. And look at the redacted port portion okay. of what I said. I don't want to repeat all that right. in a public hearing. I will. I will. Could I just ask one more question? Redacted information about that. Okay. Drinking is one thing, but the concern is about truthfulness. And in your written testimony, you said sometimes you had too many drinks. Uh, was there ever a time when you drank so much that you couldn't remember what happened or part of what happened the night before? No, I, I, no, I remember what happened. And I think you've probably had beers, Senator. And <sighs> so, so you're saying there's never been a case where you drank so much that you didn't remember what happened the night before or part of what happened? That's, you're asking about, yeah, blackout. I don't know, have you? you <laughs> Look at the list of water. I know, he thinks, he thinks he's funny. So yeah. you, that's not happened. Is that your answer? Yeah, and I'm curious if you have. Oh. I have no drinking problem, Judge. Yeah, nor do I. Okay, thank you. It would have been funnier if he had, if he had said something like, if I had blacked out, how would I remember? <laughs> well, that would have been at least clever. Right. Yeah. It was just gross. And you know what the funny part about it is? You watch it, and you watch it live, and right after that, somebody passed him a yellow piece of paper on his desk like right in front of him and he starts to read it and they take a break after this and he comes back from the break and the first thing he did was he apologized to Klobuchar for saying that. Oh, did it, what did he, what did it say? You doing it? Well, nobody knows what the yellow piece of paper said. What's the presumption? I'm, my guess is somebody passing up was like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh yeah. Like that was a dick move. Maybe. You're looking really yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, no. because it, it it was dab your lip. <laughs> not only did he not answer the question, yeah, right. She asked him, "Did you ever drink to the point of blacking out?" And mm -hmm. he was just like, "Yeah, I mean, you're talking about blacking out. Did you?" And it's like, so so not only did you answer not answer the question, but you got weird with her, yeah, and you got hostile to her. And buckle up, it gets weirder. Yeah. So this is, I mean. And John Oliver brought this up. So now, was this the was this the same day we're about to talk about, or is this the next day? No, this is still a part of the hearing. Same day. Yeah, okay. this was actually earlier. This was his opening oh, testimony. Early. Oh, okay. Where he's attacking Democrats, right? Really? I guess I thought it was after. You're talking about where he's attacking Democrats and where he claiming it's a yeah, yeah, yeah let's, a let's, conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. was before. Yeah, that was in his opening testimony. Oh, I didn't realize I thought that was his closing. <clears throat> this testimony. is how he came out uh, of the gate. Yeah, okay. In this testimony, yeah. and you're going, what the and. And John Oliver brought it up that even aside from credibility, the whole point of the Supreme Court is that it's supposed to be nonpartisan. And Kavanaugh, in his own hearings earlier, confirmation hearings, talked about how it needed to be nonpartisan. And he comes out of the gate here with conspiracy theories against liberals. And it's like, well, you're not doing a very good job of being nonpartisan. Information process has become a national disgrace. 
The Constitution gives the Senate an important role in the confirmation process, but you have replaced advice and consent with search and destroy. Since my nomination in July, there's been a frenzy on the left to come up with something, anything, to block my confirmation. Shortly after I was nominated, the Democratic Senate leader said he would, quote, oppose me with everything he's got. A Democratic senator on this committee publicly, publicly referred to me as evil. Evil. Think about that word. And said that those who supported me were, quote, complicit in evil. Another Democratic senator on this committee said, quote, Judge Kavanaugh is your worst nightmare. A former head of the Democratic National Committee said, quote, Judge Kavanaugh will threaten the lives of millions of Americans for decades to come. I understand the passions of the moment, but I would say to those senators, your words have meaning. Millions of Americans listened carefully to you. Given comments like those, is it any surprise that people have been willing to do anything to make any physical threat against my family, to send any violent email to my wife, to make any kind of allegation against me and against my friends, to blow me up and take me down? So, so there, there is one. Um, I think actually, the the other one was even more, um, even more salacious. weird. Yeah, was weird it, and salacious. It was, it was a couple minutes later. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, and this is where he gets into like weird conspiracy theory nonsense. This whole two week effort has been a calculated and orchestrated political hit fueled with apparent pent-up anger about President Trump and the 2016 election, fear that has been unfairly stoked about my judicial record, revenge on behalf of the Clintons, and millions of dollars in money from outside left-wing opposition groups. This is a circus. The consequences will extend long past my nomination. The consequences will be with us for decades. This grotesque and coordinated character assassination will dissuade competent and good people of all political persuasions from serving our country. And as we all know, in the United States political system of the early 2000s, what goes around comes around. Ooh, yeesh. I mean, just a straight up threat. Yep. I'm not sure what he's threatening exactly, but it seemed threaty. Well, I mean, I think if you needed a more articulate version of it, all you got to do is look at Lindsey Graham. Yeah. Because Lindsey Graham, and not, yeah. not in this testimony, he went on his own rant on this yeah. thing, which we're yeah. not going to cover here, but. It's a good rant. <laughs> his rants go. <laughs> get, get bent, Lindsey. Articulate. That's what I say. But outside, when, you know, in one of the recesses that they were doing, uh, yeah, he was talking to reporters and he basically was like, Hey, uh, you know, Democrats will remember this when your nominee comes around. Yeah. Right. 
And it's and I think that's what he was talking about. Like, oh, you know, you're I, I, I'm, I bemoan having to say it, and you're gonna moan having to hear it. But <laughs> I don't want to have this discussion right now because I know where you're going. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. I promise. It. It's. Um, it might have been easier if we had just locked her up. <laughs> I swear to God, because they keep talking about every time, anytime you want to say anything about the right, they go, "Well, Clinton did this, Clinton did that." You know what? If we had just locked her up, we'd be she would be our presidential Al Franken, right? She would, no, I, no, it wouldn't be able to do it anymore. It no, in be fact, a- the Al Franken thing. Doesn't no, matter. I know, but you see, I was a joke. Because, because you know, because it's in, all in bad faith. It seemed, but it, that's almost what they seem to be implying. Like, it was yeah. just if we just locked her up, they wouldn't be able to say anything. But the thing is, that's not true. It's all in bad faith. Oh, and course. if you give a mouse a cookie, of course, of course, they're going to want a glass of milk, course, right? Of course. But, you know, the thing that pisses me off about the Lindsey Graham thing hashtag I'm not, with her. Yeah. By the way, just a side note the worst campaign motto I've ever fucking seen. Like, what was the point of that? I'm with her. Are you kidding me? What kind of politician? What uh, kind it of? Was, at least it was original. I know, but Obama's wasn't okay. Even original. Just, just from, but just from an objective standpoint, a politician. People vote for politicians based on what the politician can do for you. Yeah, do for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And her whole thing was, no, you're with me. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, that's a good point. It was I, like, yeah, that's a good point. What the fuck were you thinking? Mm-hmm. Right. It, it just anyway. That's a t- tangent, and we can. Yeah. Oh, to my night, I will relive the 2016 elections in my nightmares for years. I hadn't thought about it, but honestly, you're right. If she had made her campaign slogan "I'm with you," oh oh my gosh, why didn't I didn't never thought of that? God. Anyway, and I mean the one she had in the in the general election, the stronger together, that one was not bad. Mm -hmm. But you know, anyway, doesn't matter. Um, that's a a whole different story. But the thing that pissed me off about the Lindsey Graham thing was just like, oh, you know, wait until you know. Democrats ever get in power again and see what we do with your nominees. And I'm like, do you not fucking remember Merrick Garland? If they're rapists, go ahead and, or if they're, <laughs> they, if they're predators, go ahead. And right. That's the thing. Merrick Garland, you just didn't even hold hearings on because the black guy nominated him. Now, so I want to say this, Lindsay. I want to say this today, today that was brought up during an interview with Lindsey Graham. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And he, 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 he pointed out, he made this claim. I don't, I don't, I have no research to know if it's true, but that, that it never in, in, in the history of the public has a Supreme Court member or Supreme Court nominee, nominee. nominee gotten a hearing during the primary of the last term of a president. That's demonstrably not true. Well, let's even, even if it were true, he did say that if, if there is a Supreme Court uh, seat open yep at 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 the end of of Trump's term during the when the primaries have already started yep he will not be willing to hear it bull hey, let's 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 see if it happens bullshit i will put money on that right now sir yeah well we'd have to know if someone was going to i i hate i i'm worried it'll be rbg so <sighs> i don't want to i don't want to don't die yeah please don't die please don't die good talk sit don't <laughs> die <laughs> that's john oliver reference i don't think she's a dog no don't at me but okay so we're gonna we're gonna i think that's all that's well there's a couple of videos at the end i want to show but that's that's enough of the hearings yes so i i think demonstrably man he, to me he lost a lot of credibility in that hearing he didn't answer questions he was on attack he talked about conspiracy theories he lied about things that are easily pro- and by the way this isn't even like the latest so it came out today, as we're you know, as we're recording this, 
So his second accuser, who wasn't even involved in this hearing, right, Deborah Ramirez, and she says that in a party in college, he basically took his penis out and waved it in her face, right? Yeah, she must have been awfully short. Well, they were sitting down. I'm I joking. think they were playing. Yeah, I know. Go ahead. Uh, spin the bottle or yes, 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 some, sure. some game yes, or something yes, like yes. that. Right. Monstrous act. Go on. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in, in, this, in this hearing, he, it appears now, demonstrably lied because he was asked in this hearing, when was the first time you heard about this, the Deborah Ramirez allegations? And he said, when it showed up in the New Yorker, the article that went public, which was like September 26th or something like that. And there are now people, friends of his from Yale in college, who are contacting the FBI saying, I have text messages from middle of September where he was contacting friends to dispute this testimony, this allegation, before it even came out. I can pick his dick out of a lineup. (laughs) I can't even pick my own dick out of a lineup. (laughs) And me and my dick are like that. (laughs) That was Chappelle's show, right? Yeah. 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 But no, but they're sitting here saying like, and they have text messages. They have text messages from before that story went public of them, of him reaching out saying, hey, I need you to vouch for me and deny this allegation if it ever comes out. So that's two things. One, if it hadn't been public yet, how did he know about it if it didn't actually happen, right? But maybe you could go, okay, he'd heard rumors that she was looking around and she was talking to people trying to remember stuff about it. Mm-hmm. So he'd heard through the grapevine that she was saying these things. Maybe. She's I'll give a you that. boy, yeah. Right? Two, that's witness tampering. You, can, you can't, and as a judge, he should know that. You should not be going and talking to supposed witnesses and trying to tell them how to speak about it. Mm, <laughs> right? Yeah, oh, yeah, I, didn't, I hadn't heard any of this. As a judge. But three, he demonstrably perjured himself during this testimony right. because he said the first time he ever heard about right. the allegation right. was when it came out in the New Yorker, and we have text messages showing that's not the case. So to me, even if you're dig- taking this down to he said, she said, He's lost all credibility. Don't purge yourself before Congress, period. Right. Yeah. He's lied about things that were obviously, you know, sh- demonstrably not true. I'm going to write a list of the things I'd be willing to perjure myself before Congress over. It's going to be short. <laughs> Would a Supreme Court seat do it? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. It's a lifetime gig. I'm not a good liar. <laughs> I don't. It's, not a li- it's a lifetime gig. But so, so to that, and I, and I want to end on this. It might go for a little bit longer than we think, but this is the last point I want to make on this. I think what you saw here in his testimony was that none of this really matters. John Oliver talked about this when he talked about these hearings, that we went into it thinking the worst case was going to be that nobody would believe Ford, right? Nobody would believe Bozzy Ford, that she would give her testimony and everybody would just tarnish her as a liar. Right. But what we've seen instead was something probably more concerning, which is that we believe her. It happened. And we don't really care. Oh, remember when the bad Kennedy asked him to swear before, to God? Swear to God. Swear to God that you didn't do it. So he purged uh, himself and, sw- and <laughs> swore to God. But I'm just, I'd like to make the point. <laughs> and lied to God. He, he could have easily asked Dr. Ford to swear to God. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, she was asked. Are you certain that it was him? And I know, but I know, but there's, but, yeah. the, but he's, he's playing but, some, yeah, some weird. But, 
and hard I could, about swearing to God at, like it matters, but she, I'm sure, I'm sure Miss Ford would have, or Dr. Ford would have been very willing yeah. to swear before God. Yeah. Well, you know, but that was, you could do a whole episode about how the Republican senators didn't even talk to her. Right. They got that prosecutor yes. to yeah. do well, it. Well, you know, I, I, just, I, I just trying to be fair here. I know, I know, but, uh, I I I think they they probably were about uh, getting the pr- prosecutor to ask the questions was was probably just because they were uh, they were scared there'd be backlash uh, mm-hmm. if they uh, uh, you know a bunch of white men asking about this and then giving their opinion they were yes. they were worried that that was they would uh, put their foot in their mouth yes and fair enough I guess yeah but on the other hand if you look at it from the other perspective what they instead did got was a woman to do their dirty work and to harass another woman. And, and did it feel like harassment to you? It didn't feel like harassment. I think that's why it backfired because uh, uh, uh. I think the you know people noted that like the prosecutor halfway through she started questioning her as if she believed her. Yeah, and so I don't think it worked out very well for him. Um, the only thing I think was missing from Ford's testimony was like an at the end you have to believe me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but where I want anyway to the point where I want to to to. Go with this to wrap up the final discussion on this. At the end of the day, the point was they just don't care. They, even if they believe that she did this or that, that he did this to her, they don't care. I, 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 I unfortunately, I, I really do disagree on it. I, 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 I really think that they don't believe her. I really think I think maybe they think something happened, but it wasn't Brett Kavanaugh. I think that uh, I think that they're stuck on that that um um the the philosophical point of you know it's a he said she said so we we don't have to believe her because there's no evidence i i think i really think that they're just that's their that's their position um now uh, at the, the, the at the same time they 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 easily could have done more work to discredit her claims if they are false but uh, i i okay let me counter with a rebuttal. All right. Here's a poll taken from September 22nd to September 24th by Marist. Asking Americans whether they would support Kavanaugh if the allegations were proven true. 54% of Republicans say yes, including 48% of evangelical, white evangelicals. A majority of Republicans, even if they found out that it was true that he yeah. sexually assaulted her, yeah. would still say he should be appointed to the Supreme Court. Uh, that's ghastly. I, that was before the hearing. Yeah. After the hearing. Oh, so God. Reuters oh, ran a poll oh, that no. came out today. I'm terrified. So this doesn't ask if they were proven true. However, this is after the hearings. What is the support? Among Republicans? Uh, where is it? Uh, among Republicans, he jumped to, oh yeah, supporter among Republicans rose four percentage points to 70% since those hearings. Yeesh. It did fall among Republican women. I wonder if that just means that that's just telling us that that people only watched half. (laughs) No, I think this gets to the point. And so here's a video. So, so I said we were not going to have a video, but sure, I said sure. we were going to have a couple of videos. Sure, sure, sure. And, and here's, here's one that I find elucidating. Yeah. Oh, crap. 
feel like he's innocent. Uh, I have not looked into it enough uh, to be able to tell you that I believe he's innocent, although a lot of people I trust do believe that. Uh, I'm hoping he gets in personally because um, I want abortion to stop. And so I really feel like even if it turns out he's guilty, and this doesn't apply for every situation, but even if it turns out he's guilty, I think I'm still going to support him and I hope he gets in because this could be a good chance to overturn abortion. You wouldn't want, even if he's guilty, you wouldn't want to switch to a different potential nominee, even a Trump one. No, I mean, it depends on how guilty. I mean, if we're talking, if this is, if it, if it turns out, not only are the allegations true, but we begin to uncover all sorts of stuff. And he, this is something he's done throughout his life. And he's got a lot, a, a huge history of sexual assault or something. Then that, that, that really can't be. I, I don't think that would, I mean, I'd really hate it. Right. Because personally, I feel like abortion is one of the worst things in the world. Right? But if it's just Ford? What is that? If it's just Christina Blasey Ford, then then it's not, like, enough? Is that your... I, uh... Yeah. Now, I don't support sexual assault, and I don't right. think this is going to in- increase it or encourage it. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's... I, mean, I don't really care his opinion, honestly. <laughs> no, but I think that's demonstrable. I think that's a synopsis of the point that I'm getting at, which is that they, they just don't care that, that I don't think Republicans care. And this is, this is the final, this is the closeout discussion I want to have All right, in conservative circles. And you know, both of us coming from conservative backgrounds, yep. conservative families, red state America, recovering conservative, recovering conservatives. Uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's my experience is that, Women, sexual assault is not considered a big deal against women. I I think that I think that's 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 definitely true and um, a travesty. Uh, I I um I I wonder if if uh, I I would be hesitant to say that the the right um, in general is is consciously making the decision that it doesn't matter. I think, I think that I really think that no, it, I, I think, I, th- I think it's a cultural thing and I would yep. agree that they don't care. Um, but I, I, I really, I really do think that they don't believe it. Right. Right. And I, no, I, I, I no, I, I think my point is that I don't think it's because here's, here's the thing. I think it's a reflection of two things. I think, and let's take the easy one first. It's a reflection of a stat, a cultural status quo, which is, you know, I've seen this a lot personally on my Facebook feed, which is, again, mostly conservatives because of family and friends and where we come from, right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen this over and over again as, as liberal friends have posted memes and shared stories and stuff about the hearings and about Kavanaugh. And every single one, I kid you not, every single one of these Facebook posts, somebody comes in with a comment about, what if it was your son who was wrongly accused, right? Now, A, that is a total purely whataboutism that doesn't really have that much relationship right. to the issue here because we're not just playing a theoretical what if this happened. I mean, right, right. We've right. already talked about yes. all the credibility and all yes. that stuff. Yes, But on top of that, I think it belies the point that they're missing, which is that 
and, and you know, I've seen other people push back to this. What if your daughter came forward and said someone sexually assaulted them right. and nobody believed them? Yep. Right? And the fact that, but the thing is, that's the status quo right and now. And you know what? Honestly, if you want to make that argument, that's fine. Uh, maybe 25 years ago. Uh, because, I mean, I, I think if... I, it's, it's, it's investigatable in a way now because of the world we live in. Like, where you are, where you were, mess- like text messaging, uh, uh, phone location, all that stuff. It, 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 there's a lot more that you can investigate. You know, if, it, if, it's in the, well, if, you know, if it's in the 70s and there's literally nothing to do about it, right, other than to just ask people. It's not really right. the world we live in anymore. I mean, this is, a lot of this is just testable. But, but yeah, but even to the, okay, like the Louis C.K., there's no text messages about him being like, hey, I'm going to jerk off in front of you. No, he just closed him into a room and started jerking off in front of him. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yes. But then again, that was a long time ago, right? I mean, the, the, I mean, years ago. what's that? A few years ago. Was it? Oh. Like, it was like late 2000s. Even late 2000s was a early 2010s. It was a different world. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that, that none of this should have been, this shouldn't been investigated or any of that. I'm just right. saying, you know, I, I'm honestly willing to let them have it in the past because, like, as far as, this he said she said presumption of innocence uh, presumption of innocence nonsense uh, but, yeah. but 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 in but, today's world there's it's just really easy to but, investigate but i think why it, wouldn't you investigate it what are you gonna right, what are you gonna but, hurt but i th- i think it goes even deeper than that in from a cultural standpoint of like i said um it, it, the status quo is we don't believe women right 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 and, uh, and, and so and so conservatism is founded definitionally in the status quo, right. liking the status right. quo, yes. liking yes. traditional, right? Yes. Traditional values. And the tradition has been don't, you know, you, we don't trust women. That's been the status quo. Yes. We don't, we don't believe women. We give men the presumption of innocence well beyond even what they deserve a lot of times. And, and I, right? I completely agree. And that has to change. And I think the way to change it is by, by believing women when they come forward. Right. But in the past, I'm just talking about when, when, when someone makes that kind of argument, Right, so to say that you should believe, or that kind of suggestion that we we should we should believe a woman when they come forward and say that they've been sexually assaulted. Right. Um, it doesn't mean to just blindly. Believe. No, no, no. What's going? I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to head off when the response that is going to be, well, you're just going to investigate every single claim. It's going to be all he said, she said. You, mm-hmm. you can like protect our boys, just yeah. like you said. But and that that's the is, thing. But a lot the, of it's going to turn out to be he said, she well, said. Well, no, no, but that's, my claim is, is that that's a feasibility argument. I, yeah. I agree with you completely culturally on this. But yeah. I mean, as a feasibility argument, that doesn't matter anymore. Mm. I, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think it was easy to use in the past, but it's, it's going to become less and less easy to make that argument that, you know, uh, what what it, all it takes is a yearbook quote, and now we have to investigate. Well, maybe it doesn't take as much to investigate now, but honestly, I, it's just not. It's not like it was there. Uh, yeah, going forward, but uh, yeah, I, right. I, I and I, I look, but but we're I talking think, about I think changing. Resist, I think the point is they're just resisting the investigations because uh, they don't yes, want to move. They don't want to move the status quo. They don't want to move. The status I completely quo. agree. I'm just like we have. We just we just have to be able. And I think this, there's a lot of things we're going to talk about. I hope on this podcast related sure. to this, but when it comes to changing culture in this way, in any way, um, I think that we've taken a lot of things for granted since the civil rights movement. I think that we used to have, oh, yeah. I think yeah. we had, I think we used to have to have these kinds of arguments and well, then people have forgotten how to. So when someone says, 
well, what are we going to do? We're going to investigate every single claim. Like that's like, like they're so clever for saying that. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we right. don't know. We don't know how but people genuinely just, we're just dumbfounded when people say it. We're like, oh, come on. But it's because we for, we really haven't had to have these serious arguments in a long time. It hasn't been public. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I really think that we're going to have to remember, we're going to have to relearn how to have these arguments about culture. Well, and the, the arguments are going to be more difficult because the point that I've made before is that pre-civil right. I mean, look, regardless of where you stood on the debate, obviously there were white supremacists, right? And so if you go back to slavery, when we were debating slavery, right, there were people that legitimately believe black people weren't people and therefore this wasn't a good debate. But that was a minority. I think most people, even the people who were pro-slavery that were kind of in the middle, that were able to be persuaded, there's a guttural primal argument that these are human beings and they should not be treated this way. I, right? I, I, I'd like to think this. It, I, I wonder right, if it's right. true. I, th- I don't I think, know that it is. I don't know, but I like to think, I mean, well, I think we do know because it eventually changed. We eventually won that battle. So you, I, well, you well, well, well you say we in both cases, but the we you're talking about that had that it was the supporting slavery was dramatically less educated than the one that, that abolished it. Uh, yeah, even that. Okay, I know. I, that, I, that I, would I be firmly, I firmly believe the way but, that make but, things better is but, more okay. education. But my point, my point here is, at some level, there's a primal level where slavery is feels primally right and wrong. There's a way that even segregation, it's hard to at some point, once you've gone over the hurdle that these are people, these are human beings, it's hard to argue that segregation or slavery is not wrong on some level. You know what I'm saying? It's a more of a black and white issue. Whereas when we're having discussions now, and we're having discussions about the discussions that we have now, it's particularly about systemic oppression and racism and stuff like that. They are much less black and white. I, I, I think I think I really and I that means I, the conversations are going to be much more difficult. I, I don't know that it's super interesting to anyone, but I, I think I powerfully disagree. Um, okay, well uh, we can powerfully disagree. No, no, no. Time. I mean, just the, these questions. You, when you talk about this guttural instinct, the, mm-hmm. to the the, 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 the every that you know, no matter what color your skin, everyone's a person. Mm-hmm. These kind of questions, I, I, I don't know how prevalent they were before we started asking questions about authority, right? When, yeah. the, when, authority, when the authority came from divine well, right. again, I it, said you had to, you, once you pass that hurdle of these are human beings. Right. Then, then it becomes hard to defend something like. That's fair. Yes. Well, of course, where, that's where, fair. Of course Whereas that's fair. in the discussions that we have, I feel like even people who I would consider racist and white supremacist, to some extent, just due to the culture and the way times have moved, recognize that these are human beings. They just might think they're inferior human beings, maybe not even genetically, but culturally. And so the arguments that we have now are just much more nuanced, and that's what makes it more difficult. But we can do a whole episode about this, and I, yes. and I would love to. Yes. I don't want to get this bogged down with that. For because, sure. But but I, I think, and, and this is a situation where it is much more nuanced, and, and anytime you have sexual assault, because so many times it will come down to just he said, she said, because they're very intimate moments. And, and I don't mean that in like a, a gross, like, oh, it's like an intimate personal. I mean, like intimate is in like it's two people. Yeah. These, these things don't happen a lot in public. 
with a lot of witnesses. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and there's very little, going to be very little physical evidence, especially if you don't report it at exactly the time that it happens. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? I do. I do. So, conclusion, let's well, say. Well, I, w- I want to say, because the other thing, the other point that I want to get to about the cultural part of it okay. was, yeah. as religious, from a religious background, because you see in this poll, 48% of white evangelicals say they would still support him, even if it was true. Right. And I think this gets to a cultural standpoint that among... I almost can't believe it. I almost can't believe that number. I, I really, no, I, I absolutely I, believe it. I, I, see, this is was weird because we both come from an evangelical background, and I always find it weird that you have such a different view on these things. Because to me, that immediately made sense. Because I remember growing up, and it being like, the culture is that women are responsible for sexuality. That and, and it's honestly, it's disrespectful, not just to women, but it's disrespectful to men. No, that sure. men can't control for sure. it. For sure, for sure. Right? Yes, that men that, can't control it. And so if a woman is sexually assaulted or something like that, she had to have done something or she had to have expected that this could happen. And so therefore, she had to be more responsible to avoid it. I, and if she didn't, then she didn't do her due diligence. I, I think, I, I, you know, I've, I, you're right. I have actually heard in evangelicals yep. make that exact argument. Exactly. Um, I... In fact... I just want to throw out here, there was a Fox News anchor who was fired for tweeting comments during her testimony saying things like that because she mentioned how this affected her in her first couple of years of college and affected her grades. And he literally tweeted out, um, hey, you did badly because you were promiscuous. You should have tried closing your legs and opening a book. I mean, that was like a Fox News anchor. Uh, well, I'm, and and to their credit, they fired him. I can't believe they did. But mm. so, to me, that's not surprising at all, mm. right? There, there's a very much a cultural standpoint of if something happened to you, what did you do to deserve it, <laughs> right? And 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 honestly, and we could get into a whole deep philosophical discussion about this at some point. But to me, if your ideology, if your entire central, if your guiding star for life. And the universe begins with women were created as part of man to make men happy. Right. And, and on top of that, women are the source of the fall of mankind. Yeah. Right. It's not hard to believe this, this yeah, is how these things turn out. It's, yeah. It's, you know? Yes. Yes. I, I would. Uh, and, that seems pretty apparent. Yeah. And so just to wrap up, I think what this goes to, and I think what you saw with Kavanaugh is, and, and when you saw it when he was talking there about Trump, he took a very Trumpian approach to this. And there's even reports that come out that said, because he did that Fox News interview. Right. And the Fox News interview, he was not nearly as combative. He was still spouting some of the same do you bullshit. Think, do you think he got it from Trump? I don't think he got it from Trump, he but played. there were reports that Trump was not happy with how weak he looked on the Fox News interview. I think he took that. And uh, perhaps. I think he was like, oh, I'm going to be. A hard ass, uh, perhaps, to make Trump that's, happy. That's quite possible, and to make the base happy, because as we've talked about in some news, you know, Cody Johnson, shout out, has has pointed this out that what is what united fascists was just opposition against the left. There's not really a driving political or economic ideology there. Yeah, right. It's just I just hate liberals and I hate the left, and that is what's becoming of the conservative party. Newt Gingrich himself said it that the reason conservatives aligned with Trump is because he hates the left. And he shares their contempt with the left. And that's why he's popular. <laughs> and, and I think that's 100% true. 
And I think that's what he was doing there. I think he realized I don't need to win over moderates. I don't need to win over women. I don't need to win over liberals. I don't need to appear reasonable. I need to, I need to stick it to the libs. <laughs> I need to show the senators and the Republican base and uh, Donald yes, Trump that yes, I'm going to yes, stick it yes, to the libs. It's quite possible. Uh, 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 and that was that, his strategy that, coming that, into that, this. That would add up. There's no way to know, but I, I, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like that's what we saw there. And you know what? I think it might work. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, let's, 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 we'll find out together. We'll find out. So what, are you, what is your prediction? I think he's not going to get confirmed. So who do you think votes against him? Because there's got to be three. It's got to be, uh, it'll be, it'll be Flake and two people with consciences. Murkowski and Collins. Maybe. Maybe. I hope. You know what I'm worried about? And we didn't really talk about it much, but this FBI investigation has been hamstrung a lot. Yeah. There's already talked about restrictions on who they can talk to, what evidence they can gather, stuff like that. You know what I'm really concerned about? Is that this FBI investigation, and we talked about it kind of in, the, in our gameplay a little bit, that it's kabuki theater. Right? We talked about it in our last episode of Rambling when we were playing Perfect Dark. Right, yeah. Again, check it out on YouTube.com. Don't call me pretentious. <laughs> But we, we, we talked about this briefly, and I said at the time, I, I was worried that it was kabuki theater, that it's not going to amount to anything. And what I'm really concerned about is, in fact, it's going to be the cover that Flake needs to vote for him. To say, look, they did the FBI investigation. That was a bullshit investigation that had no substance to it. Didn't even interview everybody. Like, like they're not allowed to investigate. They're not allowed to interview Swetnick, who's the I, third woman I, that I, gave allegations. And he's, so this, my impression is, I believe he did it, but the FBI investigation is not going to find out anything we don't already know, which is, to Republicans, inconclusive enough. And that's just going to be like, oh, well, they did the investigation. Yeah, I, I, now I, I can just I, vote I, for him. I, I think, I think, I think uh, enough people's better angels will, will win out. I do. I do. I just don't trust Jeff Flake. <laughs> I just don't. I, and, and honestly, I don't, I'm not even sure. I, I worry that the investigation will in fact help us lose Collins and Murkowski because I think there was a possibility that they would vote against him on abortion standards because he very clearly by some of his statements is going to oppose or restrict the rights of abortions. And theoretically Collins and Murkowski are pro-choice. The only two pro-choice Republicans I know of Mm -hmm. shocking that they're women. How about that? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think if it, I honestly like, this is one of those situations where it's almost, maybe a detriment because I think that they may have opposed him just thinking that he would restrict abortion rights. And now this is taking over everything. You know, we're not even talking about his stances on the policies, which are as liberals awful. And so now they're just going to be like, Oh, well the the investigation happened and you know, we're going to sub- survive this whirlwind of the sexual assault allegation. We're just going to vote for him. I don't have to worry about where he actually stands on abortion anymore. It's possible. It's possible. I just, I hope not. I hope not too. So yeah. So um, I guess in conclusion, in conclusion, uh, find someone better. Find someone who is 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 not going to have anyone able to 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 make a credible claim that they sexually assaulted them. Right. Right. Hey, nominate me. Um, <laughs> I'm a hundred percent on that. No one who's ever seen a, a bedroom of a house that I've been in will make that claim. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand what you're saying. I, I, I just, I mean, like, I, I mean, you could obviously, you could conceivably hire an actor, but I mean, like, 
this is a person who like there there is circumstantial evidence at the very least that she's like been around this person. There's no one. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone you can find that's been around me that yeah. would ever claim this. So I'm just saying, find someone who isn't going to have this problem. And I do think that's what the public is going to decide. They're going to say, let's just pick someone. Let's just win. Like, let's just get rid of this problem. No. And let's just let's just do someone who won't have this won't have this uh, this baggage. It's too late now. Eh, we'll see. It's too late. They're worried about losing the midterms, and the average is 65 to 70 days to, to confirm a Supreme Court justice, and the midterms are in 30 days. Well, well. So, conclusion, <laughs> find someone better. Even if he's not guilty, just find someone better, although we think he's guilty. <laughs> yeah. So. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I, and I, will, I just want to throw one last thing in there, too, that we didn't mention that's actually kind of important in terms of evidence against him. The in his, you know, he presented this bullshit with his calendars, like, oh, my calendars prove all this stuff. And in fact, um, there was an entry on his calendar, July 1st entry, July 1st, 1982, where it said, go to Jimmy's house to buy skis with all these different people, Judge and PJ and all this stuff, right? And skis, of course, refers to brewskis. And it was Thursday night, and like I said, July 1st. And notably, the party that Blasey Ford said this happened at involved Kavanaugh, Judge, P.J. Smith, and one other boy that she didn't know the name of, but was theoretically one of this group that's on his calendar. And she said it happened six to eight weeks before she ran into Mark Judge at a Safeway, at the grocery store that he worked on. And in his memoirs, he said he started working at that grocery store that summer in, like, August. Yeah, no, no, no. We mentioned that, yes. I don't know that we mentioned that. No, no, that we did, for sure. But, so that... Totally fits her timeline. That party. Yeah, that's the circumstantial evidence I was I was referring to. For yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so there. Yeah, I think there's tons of evidence, and I hope he doesn't get through. I hope he doesn't get through on ideological reasons. I I hate that we're even having to discuss this. Not only because it's ruined her life, and you know she can't even live in her house, and I feel really sorry for her and all that stuff. She didn't want to have to go through this again. Um, but also, I mean, I I feel like it's just bearing the lead of it. It's avoiding the major problem that the Republicans have gotten very extreme and are supporting people because his support, even before these allegations came out was historically low Yeah, in the 40% and they're passing through anyway, because we're living under minority rule right now. Right. And that's, you know, Republican senators got 6 million fewer votes in 2016. The presidential nominee got 3 million fewer votes yes. and they control all levels of government. And they're not at all interested in passing laws or appointing people that are at all accountable to public will. And that frustrates me. So, yeah. So, <laughs> is that it? That's all I got. That's all you got. All right, guys. Well, that went a little, went a little bit longer than <laughs> I was hoping for. That's right. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, so, get in contact with us. If you have questions, leave a comment. Or, you know, obviously do the like, comment, subscribe nonsense. Uh, if you want to talk to us, have ideas, have thoughts, uh, don't call me pretentious at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Twitter, twitter.com slash at DCM pretentious, facebook.com slash don't call me pretentious. Um, this is political, so it may not be pertinent here, but we also do some of our game streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash don't call me pretentious. And of course our YouTube channel, youtube.com. It's not slash don't call me pretentious. We're not cool enough to have a vanity URL yet. <laughs> yet. URL yet. But hopefully one day. If you like, comment, and subscribe, we will get there one day and share. Um, anyway, 
so this was the first episode of a very political focused thing and i think hopefully we want to do more of this oh yeah yeah i like it. it was a good discussion yeah, it was great and it'll help keep the other stuff more light, light. yeah light. light fair so we're gonna split it up and we're gonna keep doing it this way so let us know what you think and until next time i'm paul i'm jason see ya